Good morning and welcome, family. Glad to be here and glad I'm here. Uh, this is a very rare occasion. Brother Jeff does not miss many at all. And uh, we're, we're praying and hoping he gets much better soon, surely. Uh, so, and Jim, thank you for the songs. And I guess you guys imagine where I'm going to go with that from those songs. Thank you again, Jim. And Brad, thanks for the prayer. So, before I get started, as always, I like to go to Heavenly Father in prayer to kind of help me focus and to do the right thing. So let us pray. Our dear Lord and gracious and glorious God, we are truly thankful for this day, this day you have provided for us. And our great and glorious God, we thank you for creating us, mankind, dear Father, and we thank you for this day. Our Father, it is we bring forth a lesson from your word. May the things be said in accordance to your will and your will only, dear Father. And we're thankful to be here in peace and happiness that you provide for us. And it's in your son Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I imagine a few people in this congregation remembers the series Golden Girls. Okay, well, you remember Sophia, the quiet one? And how, <laughs> how she said all the time, she'd say, she'd say, picture this, everyone. Picture this, right? So picture this. The year was 1959. And it was in a little, little mountaintop town called Howitt, Pennsylvania. Now, in that town, just like so many other towns, everyone knew everyone, right? Everybody, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, neighbors, everyone knew her. Well, in that little town of Howitt, believe it or not, I was a skinny little Italian boy from 2nd Street uh, with not an ounce of fat on me and a wayward, moppy, very, very curly hair, jet black. Excuse me, but a lot has changed, correct? We understand that, okay? Well, in this town, just like so many back in the day, we played outside from daylight till the streetlights came on, and there was very little traffic through the town. But when I was young, and my buddies and I, we played cops and robbers, and we played war. We used to, we used to run around this park, and we dressed up, and we had helmets on. We had these plastic cap guns that made noises, and caps went off, and we also, we also had a shirt that said Army on it. And we'd run through town just having fun all day long. But in this town, our main, main activity alone through that day was whatever we did, okay, was not to get in trouble, okay? There was a lot of, temp a lot of temptations uh, everywhere around us. So... Why we did not want to get in trouble was just like, now, in those days, you had your grandmother, your, you know, your, maybe your grandparents, your mother, your father, and if you did something wrong, you had to answer to them. Not in this time. This time, you had everybody else's mother and father and grandparents to answer to. And then, on top of all that, some of those grandmothers would uh, just grab you by the ear and drag you to your home and tattle on you. And to this day, my ear still hurts a little bit, but so it happens to us, right? You know, and now you think of these people, and you might think, wow, man, that was an awful way to grow up. Everybody watching you, everybody, you know, critiquing what you did Well, when you got in trouble, you know, and, uh, and man, that must have been terrible. Oh, not really. 
For me, I probably wouldn't live to adulthood if I didn't have those people helping me uh, and watching out for me, period. Just simple as that. Those same adults that scolded me and yelled at me loved me. I mean, they truly loved. They wanted to protect us. And they didn't want us to get hurt. And not only did they want us not to get hurt, they wanted us to see the dangers in what were out there. And, and also to help us try and stay away from those dangers and, and not be involved in any troubles. Those are those same people that they truly loved you. Well, in my case, for instance, my dad taught six boys, maybe more, because we had friends, how to hunt, okay? And first he taught us gun safety. And he always said, Michael, come here. He didn't call any other brothers, and he said, Michael, come here. And he, why he gave me a little extra attention, he didn't want me to shoot my brothers or myself. I never did. I never did, okay? So he also taught me a real special thing from out in the woods, because you lived out in the country. He taught me how to pick mushrooms. Every day in mushroom season in early spring or in the fall, we'd go out and pick mushrooms. Dad say, Michael, come. Yes, Dad. Okay, so you go out. Well, he found out I failed miserably. I truly failed miserably. So my dad took the next step. So he told Nolan, if Michael brings home mushrooms, don't eat them. Throw them away. To this day, I don't pick mushrooms. My brothers do, but I don't. Okay. And then I had my scout leaders, Larry and Chet. They taught me how to tie knots real strong. They taught me how to survive on very little out in the woods as I scouted. They also taught me how to build a fire, a wonderful campfire. Well, to my mother's dismay, let's see, I caught the garage on fire. And then my dad had a big pile of lumber that he was making things out of. I burned it. Oh, yeah, the whole pile of lumber. And I didn't stop there. I'm not done yet, Barb. I didn't stop there. I decided to build a fire in the closet, in the house. Okay? So, you know, uh, and everybody that, when I met Nola and I took her home to visit my family they said she always said why did they keep saying don't let Michael play with matches now you know okay so that's what it was and then I grew up in a neighborhood where my neighbors were just like my brothers okay so my one neighbor his dad Chu that was his nickname everybody had a nickname right growing up so Chu taught us how to box Chu was a boxer in the Navy, okay? So he taught us how to box, you know, how to protect ourselves, how to defend ourselves. And then, you know, we'd go out there, and he would teach us these self-defense skills in boxing, but he made sure our hands were all taped up and wrapped up so we didn't hurt anything. Now, I admit, I really admit, I never became a boxer, never will, never, you know, never, never a chance in my life to ever be in a boxer, and I understand that. But when I was younger, those skills Chu taught me, Got me out of a little bit of trouble once in a while. See, when I was younger, I never shut up. So you had to do something, right? So, so I was very thankful for the guy named Chu, too, in my life. You know, so these are, these are some of the things that people protect one another and work with. Now, I was blessed to graduate high school in 1973. This is a year after they ended, you know, the Vietnam draft and everything of that nature. But I had many friends, many friends that were shipped over to fight in that war. And, and I actually uh, had a few that did not return. And I'm very sorry, and they gave their life. And to this day, I still remember them very well. And, uh, you know, after Vietnam was over, sometimes in our, that little town, 
we'd, uh, we'd gather around someone's home at a campfire, and a lot of my friends who went over, overseas to fight in the war, would explain some of what went on. They would explain uh, amazing, but also devastating, sad stories of their time at war. And I, you know, it was just very hard to even imagine what they went through. Can't. And, you know, sometimes when I was younger, thinking about when I was a little boy, I used to play war and stuff like that. I thought I would be a fierce warrior, a fighter. I thought I, when I'd be called upon, I would go fight. But as I matured, I was relieved that I hadn't been. I truly hope I would never see war at that time. But the problem is I have seen war. And I'll tell you where I've seen it. I've been fighting a battle ever since I've been married to Enola. What? You believe that? Okay. No, wait. No, wait. Please, everyone wait. Please, everyone wait. What I mean is, it was my wife who introduced me to the gospel, to, to the truth, true word of God, and she led me to Jesus, and then I am so very, very thankful for to understand that. But since that day that I put on Christ, that wonderful day, I basically laid the gauntlet down and across the face of my most strongest and most relentless enemy. And it has been a spiritual battle that I've been fighting head on since then, that day. Who am I fighting? If you turn right now at this present time to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 10. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authority, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, spiritual forces in the heavens. That's where it lies. Yep. I am fighting a war. I am a strong warrior. And so are you, each and every one of you. By the way, if you are trying to do what's right in this lifetime, you and we are fighting against evil. Yes, Satan. Satan. Let me tell you a little bit about Satan. We've got to know the profile, right? We're going to fight. We've got to know the profile. Satan is relentless. He stops at nothing. He pounds away. There is one thing that I am sure of. It is a Satan never rest. He's always on the attack. If he sees something going well in your life, in your own life, he jumps the opportunity to begin his attack, to tear it apart, to knock it down, to cause trouble. And he doesn't stop just there. If you are weak or already down, depressed, then he jumps right in and tangles things up even more, causes more trouble. It's bad enough being sick, then you had some more things added to it or whatever, or you're depressed, right? Boom, he lays, he lays even more. And if you show one, just one slight weakness to sin, whatever it may be, he begins a most elaborate campaign, campaign to tempt you, 
to tempt you even more than you were ever tempted before. He pushes ahead. You know, he, he challenges you in a whispering in your ear where he makes a sin look enticing. You ever hear, yeah, you ever been around an aggressive uh, car salesman or any kind of salesman or whatever? Okay, you ever been around anybody like that? They say, go ahead. You know, maybe your friends have said, go ahead. It's not bad. It's, it's all right. Come on, man. It's only one time. Let's just go ahead and do it, you know? No. Okay, that's Satan. He never misses an opportunity to throw a dart and hefts his sword and he attacks you. We are advised to be on constant in our defense against the wiles of Satan. The devil, <clears throat> the devil is a clever being. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our desires. He even knows our secret thoughts. He knows how to use them to lead us away from God. Satan can sure make bad things, sinful things, look shiny and glittery, okay? I come from, I come from a job that I've worked many years underground in the coal mines. And a few of you can understand this. When you have your cap light on and when you're underground and you're walking around and you see something shining, what do you do? Right, Brad? You walk right to it. Because it might be a tool. It might be something you want. And occasionally people carry money down underground. You might pick up a few cents. So that's what Satan does. He takes sin and shines it up, puts some glitter on it, makes it look good, maybe a spotlight of some sort. And now it looks good. It looks like something we should do, okay? And, you know, that's what's, you know, that's the sum of the, what Satan does. But here's what he also does. He's jealous. He hates when we serve the Lord, despises it with every being, every part of his being. It especially irritates him when we're trying to do good, to serve others, when we're out there serving others and spreading the joy and the hope of salvation. Oh, it just irritates him, gets under his skin. The devil can't stand it when we're working to keep a good Christian attitude. Okay, like when you meet somebody in the morning or something like that, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm doing fine, how you doing? You know, like this, you know, he wants you to say, oh, I don't feel well, I'm sick. Yeah, we hurt. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't want to see our good Christian attitude. He, he really hates seeing when we raise our children in the Lord. He hates it. He hates it. And when we dedicate ourselves, our own lives, we dedicate it to living and serving God. It just infuriates him. It just tears him apart when he does that. So Satan is always on the attack. He's, he takes every little thing of God and tries to tear it down. For example, he hates marriage as God designed it. He, just, he despises it. He hates it when he sees so many wives love their husbands and honor their husbands as God intended. He's very irritated when he sees husbands who love their wives as Christ loved the church and setting their wives' values over their own. Okay, I'm not going to go there at this time, but you can, you can read that in Colossians. And you can also read that in Ephesians, Colossians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 5. It'll explain more about that.
so this is no small thing to Satan whatsoever, as we can see, right, in our lives. What a downer, huh? Satan is on the attack. This is a scary battle that we are involved in, is it not? Truly, it's a very scary battle. Do we even have a chance of winning? Think about that. Do we have a chance of winning? Well, I have good news. We don't have to fight Satan alone. Remember? Our Lord, our amazing, precious, awesome Lord, will see to that that he is right there with us at all times. He never backs down. He's there. At this time, if you turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13... Philippians 4, 13, please. This is Paul speaking here. He's in the city of Athens at this time. And it reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There we go. What a start. What a start. In other words, if we are fighting the fight of faith, the good, that would be us, over the evil, which is Satan. The Lord will be right there to hold us up, give us strength to carry on with him on our side. How could we not win? Tell me. Tell me. He's right there. Not only will he be there fighting with us, he has provided us with exactly the armor that we need to protect us. Let us turn back to Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 13. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil days. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes on your feet, putting on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in spirit with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. What equipment? What equipment we have there? We have plenty of equipment. Just, you know, think about it for a minute. Think about how much we have there. He gives us a shield of faith that Satan can't penetrate. No way. Breastplate of righteousness to protect our vital part of our body, the sword of spirit, the belt of truth. We are here 
because God wants us to be here. The helmet of salvation and the sandals of peace as we walk. He stands right there with us, supporting us, helping us, shielding us when he calls on him. So what more could we possibly need? We have everything wrapped around us. We have to have the heart to push forward, to do it. With God on our side, we cannot win. How can we not win against Satan's wiles? How can we not? We have all this protection. We have unity with God and with our fellow brothers and sisters. Let's face it. The battle lines have been drawn in the sand. It's been drawn. The war has been ongoing from the beginning of time, has it not? Thinking of that and understanding that and remembering that as I grew up. Now today, I am no longer that little mischievous boy from 2nd Street in Howwood fighting an imaginary battles in the park, but rather a grown man, and of course, still sometimes, I need the discipline from all those grandmas in my life, just like anyone else, but who is definitely a fighting and mighty warrior in the true, true battle, and of course, so are you each and every person. At this time, I wish to strengthen you on this cold and sunny day. Patience, perseverance, and love. May all your battles with evil be victorious for good. May you ever feel the presence of our Lord at all times around you surrounding you, caring for you, taking care of you, knowing that our God, our great glorious God is there at all times. God bless you all, and may you have a great and glorious week. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. For more from Jeff Kent and the Shadyside Church of Christ, please go to our website at cfcshadyside.com. There you can access our entire library of Sunday church lessons and Jeff's weekly blog. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Shadyside Church of Christ. Remember, all are welcome. Thanks again. Have a blessed week.